Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he got the house. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Like it on and off Twitter, and every time I come back, here comes Mark Gunnels. Oh, Chiefs gonna go twenty and zero. Oh, nobody has done what Mahomes has ever done. I'm like, Mark, do you ever get you ever get tired of that? You you you'll never get like you'll never get exhausted of like playing your little your little character on social media what do you mean what is what character is it i'm just you giving know, out just giving out facts and opinions man it, the, the one that really got me and we're, of course we're going to touch on this later in the show but it was like oh breaking news deandre hawkins leaves emojis under chris jones's post i'm like mark i cannot believe you man what are you doing it's news that's that's news be honest it was on every it was on every outlet (laughs) what was the news there what was the news there deandre hopkins seems that he's him and chris jones are having a friendly back and forth on on his instagram page it was he was a free agent at the time and they put it was like it wasn't even a sentence yeah but you have two emojis and y'all you have to analyze the emojis. They matter. But I guess it didn't matter because he's a Titan. So <sighs> we'll, we'll get into it. We'll talk DeAndre Hopkins' new home here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Episode 50 with the boys. Mark Gunnels out in L.A. Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. Steven Sertis behind the board. The Chiefs are arriving to St. Joe slowly but surely. We're talking all things training camp, of course, injury reports, and the latest from the World Champion Chiefs. I want to recap Netflix and the quarterback series as well. I know, Mark, you binged that all in one night. That didn't even that didn't even last in your household. You just I did it actually. <laughs> you ain't finished it? No, I finished it, but I didn't. I didn't, I didn't watch it in one night. <laughs> I still have one. I still have one episode left. So we'll, we'll touch on quarterback. What we learned from that. And then, of course, head out to Vegas. Mark is feeling good again. He's got uh, he's got some good juices flowing again ahead of the Chiefs regular season, and we'll preview some good bets to make there. I, I-, I talked about you trolling a little bit, but really, where you want to start, man? You want to start with the media game? I- I- let's just get it out the way. We can start there. Let's let's go. Oh, he got the video. Oh, <laughs> the video. <laughs> Oh, if you're listening to us only, we we like when you rock with us on video. Right now, you're watching some of my low life. What are you doing? (laughs) Annual sporting KC media game. Look, man, my first mistake was playing goalie. That that was that was mistake number one. Our team needed somebody to step up, and I put on the cape thinking that I could be Superman for us. And as you see, it didn't really work out. Why are you so far on the right? Well, I guess that'll be your left. Like. Look, well, my defense wasn't helping me out much, so I'm like, you know what? As long as I can like cut off one side of the of the net, you know, Steve Walls from the W, he tried to make a in the video you see, he tried to make a little 
a little sliding tackle, I think. But look at all those. Look at the numbers, man. It's only it's not enough jerseys down there to stop the goal. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you were so helpless. <laughs> this was when my I first saw- media game loss. It did not feel good. How many have you played in so far? This is my fourth one. So I'm three zero and one. No ties. No draws. So I still winning percentage wise. I still feel very good. So what position did you play in other games? You're like a midfielder. I was a forward. The first time out, I scored two goals and I had a chippy really for the hat trick and messed it. And I haven't I haven't scored since then. But, you know, defensively, I'm still finding my I'm still finding my niche on on the pitch, if you will. I guess it's safe to say you will not play goalie next year. No. Well, the redemption is coming soon. The Casey Current have their media game coming soon. I already heard from their PR people. They said, yo, like, we can't have you going out like this. Uh-oh. So take it. We'll well, yeah, I saw that video. Y'all want to make fun I'm of sure. I had I to make sure Serta got that clip for us. I had to make sure we had that. Unfortunately, it was part of the show here, episode 50. We like making y'all part of the show here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, whether you're rocking with us on YouTube uh twitter anywhere i see stacy already rocking with us on facebook says can i get a hell yeah for my kansas city chiefs hell yeah stacy appreciate you rocking with us here and if you want to leave a voicemail 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line let's just grab let's let's just go straight into the chiefs recap he's a magician chiefs recap I want to start with the next foot series, man, because that was something that dropped um, to high acclaim. The trailers were coming out slow by slow. We knew Mahomes was involved in this, but we didn't know how exactly it was going to look like. And here it is, an eight-part series. Mahomes spattered all across. And I think really episode eight is all about the Super Bowl and him overcoming that ankle injury in the AFC Championship game. But it's Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousin, and Falcons quarterback at the time, Marcus Mariota, kind of going through what it takes to be a pro, the preparation, the hits, the time off, balancing family life, you got a behind-the-scenes look at each part of it. Some interesting things, but I want to start with a softball, Mark. What did we learn about Patrick Mahomes from this eight-part series that debuted on Netflix? Um, I mean, I don't think you learned too much new. I think we already knew that he was an ultimate competitor. He's very fiery. Maybe we didn't know that he he cusses that much. Uh, <laughs> and he even said there's a lot of parts that I had to take out. Uh, so that was actually like the the condensed version of him uh, throwing out F-bombs and things of that nature. But uh, it was cool just to see the behind the scenes, you know, him and Brittany, how much she uh, is influences him and is there for support. Obviously, he has a kid. He has has two kids now, you know, so having her around obviously makes his life a lot easier so he can focus, especially during the season on football because the preparation throughout the week is crazy. I mean, all the film they watch, the notes he takes and things like that. So it's really cool just to get that in-depth behind-the-scenes look that you don't really get to see when you're just watching the press conferences during the week and stuff like that. You don't get to see the practices if you're just a fan or, you know, or just see it behind the scenes when they're at their home, after losses, after wins, how he's gathering with his family and, you know, like the Rams game, I believe, they won that game. He wasn't happy about it. And he was at home. He still was like, man, I didn't play that good. His 
family and friends were like, no, nah, man, you, you won the game and stuff like that. But he wasn't satisfied. So it was just cool to see that inside look. I think, especially since this is something that's executive produced by Peyton Manning and then Mahomes and his production company has a say in how and what the cut looks like. It is a little last dance ish in that way where we're not really seeing anything that Mahomes doesn't want us to see. But I think one of the cool parts that stood out to me was a lot of the work that he did uh, with Bobby Stroop. We got looks inside the workouts at home field here in Olathe. And I, Bobby Stroop went specifically through the ABC days, how they work in season to make sure that Mahomes' body is as fresh as it possibly could be when it's playoff time, when it's key moments, when he's when he's working out at full strength and um, some of the unique type stuff where he's putting his body in positions that he wouldn't normally be in. It's not traditional like bench press, you know, like uh, I, I'm looking for them to do like squats and like this old style workout. Like, no, like he's working with the numbers. Stroop has got him down to know that this is an eight foot eight foot jump. I need a 10 foot jump and keep going right there. Like I thought that was some of the coolest stuff that that we were able to see just what it takes to be. Um, a quarterback of Mahomes' caliber taking home Super Bowl MVPs. And even Kirk Cousins, too, man. Like, seeing, like, the the brain stuff that he does and seeing him sit down with a sports psychologist and kind of talk about how he's feeling, the stress of being a quarterback in the NFL when it's not necessarily going your way all the time on the gridiron. I thought it was really cool. And it, and as Manning said, they're renewed for a season two. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the series develops more and kind of pulls back the curtain on what it's like and what it takes to win games on Sundays, man, because people think it's just easy. People think you're, when you're Mahomes, you just roll out there and you're just naturally gifted. There's a lot of work that these guys do uh, to make sure that they're ready to go. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for your boy Marcus Mariota. You know, he didn't really get too much love, I feel like. And, I mean, obviously he had his moments in the, the series, but, you know, I don't know, man. His person, he's, he's not really – his personality didn't really shine, you know, he's kind of more of a just laid back. He's a good guy, obviously, but, you know, the stars of the show was obviously Mahomes and Cousins. I mean, Cousins, I feel like he really won the most out of this because, you know, Mahomes, we already know the, the, the celebrity that he is and things of that nature. But Cousins, I feel like a lot of people are saying, I like Cousins a lot more now. He's actually a cool guy. Like, I've seen that a lot on social media, just looking at the reactions, but you know, your boy Mariota, man, kind of kind of sad, kind of sad story, man. It was it was they did a great job of showing us quarterbacks at each level. And then with Marcus as well, that's something that's been a knock on him for a while. He hasn't really been a vocal leader necessarily. He can go out there and make the plays with his feet, but wasn't always uh, shining when the bright the lights were their bright. Another guy that wasn't necessarily positioned in the best light. And I want to get your take on this. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. But in this series, as I mentioned earlier, I'm only seven episodes through. So maybe this last episode, we'll see a lot more of this guy than we have. But I noticed that we were getting more of new Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy than we were of then Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. And I don't know, Mark. Am I reading into it a little too much? Am I, am I just – am I – what's going on here? Because the enemy is given a lot of credit for the offense. He's given a lot of credit for the success that Mahomes had. He's had some of his best years, obviously. Um, but we only heard, I want to say to this point, to what I've seen, I mean, maybe the enemy had three or four lines in, in, in the whole show for somebody who's as critical in the offense. Why are we not hearing from, from EB? Uh, I think you're reading a little too much into it. Uh, mm, okay. 
Which is are funny because if I said this, you would have been like, oh, look at you creating storylines and you're trolling. Like this, you're taking a page out of quote unquote my book with this, right? <laughs> so yeah, you're reading too much into it, man. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um yeah, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think it's well, obviously, anytime you talk about Mahomes and the enemy and Eric Reed and Andy Reid. You think about the fluff piece, whatever made up Substack article that came up about maybe there being some tension in that relationship. And when you do get a behind the scenes look like this, Mark, like I'm looking behind the scenes, man. I, I, I'm looking for things that that necessarily aren't right in front of us. And the fact that somebody that Mahomes worked so closely with really wasn't at I, even you don't have to say spotlighted because, for instance, we didn't hear from Kelsey in this thing. I know it spotlights on quarterbacks, but I thought it was interesting that. You know, we didn't really hear Kelsey's voice much in this in this show, in this documentary over the eight episodes for the enemy, who's now obviously uh, gone on to bigger and brighter in Washington. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, but you brought up a good point. We didn't hear Kelsey either. And that's Mahomes right hand man. You would think, you know, you see some behind the scenes footage of them maybe hanging out at the crib or something like that. So that did kind of surprise me that we didn't see. Uh, some of that, but I obviously the spotlight was on the quarterback, so I, maybe it was just a conscious effort to make sure that uh, there's not too much others being involved. One more thing uh, from the Netflix quarterback series as we talk that here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 50. I, I just want to get your opinion on the approach, right? Like everybody does things differently. These three guys all play the same position at differing levels and at differing success levels as well. But what do you take from Mahomes' approach versus a Kirk Cousins' approach versus a Mariota approach? Uh, I think one thing specifically that stood out to me, and and we're talking about this series, is um, the play calls, right? Like Cousins would record them to himself and then play the play calls back um, while he's driving and then try and repeat it to himself, like different little stuff like that. What do you think of Mahomes' approach and – how he's managed to dominate the NFL. Yeah, so I think with Mahomes' approach, I think a lot of it has to do with his success that he's had so far in his career. You know, we look at him as the best quarterback in the game, and he's made no – he hasn't been shy about stating pretty much that he's chasing Tom Brady. That's something that is on his uh, bucket list. And, you know, Tom Brady has seven of those things. So he's not satisfied. He's not satisfied. I mean, we saw – I don't know if you saw – I don't know if this was the last episode or not, but I don't know if you saw the part where – Brittany was uh they were in their new home and she's like this is for the Super Bowl trophy. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, I thought that was kind of funny and he chuckled about that, but I think he, it's definitely a serious thing that he's chasing. And you look at Kirk Cousins, he's been in the league what, 10 years now, you know, a guy that's only won one playoff game. He's he's been a, a family man for a while now. So he he gives that real like He's a dad. Like he's like the the old school dad, right? Like, you know, he was reading books to his to his kid at night and you know, just doing things like that. You know, and he just really gives that good old American dad vibes, chilling out there in Minnesota and Michigan in the backyard, <laughs> you know, with, with the uh, campus fires and stuff like that. So I think that was really cool to see his perspectives on his life. And then Mariota just had his kid as well, you know, and he's been a journeyman. You know, a backup quarterback. He's in a new spot now. He's with the Eagles now, so he's not even in Atlanta anymore. So just seeing the three different uh, perspectives, I thought was cool. Like you got the top of the line, you got the middle tier quarterback at Cousins, and then you got the journeyman and Marcus Mariota. And I wonder will they switch it up moving forward? 
or will they keep keep like this kind of same outline? Because I think now you kind of got to mix it up because you already got the the three different tiers. So I'm kind of curious to see where they go next. Maybe you have three quarterbacks in the same division or something like that, and kind of get that inside rivalry take or something. But it'll be cool to watch. I know Peyton Manning; he's a very very bright guy and he's very uh, TV savvy. So I know he's gonna uh, make sure that it stays entertaining for the for the foreseeable future. I know Mahomes went first, and obviously he was the big name to kind of get it started here as far as the quarterback series is concerned. But I would love at some point in his career, maybe towards the end of his career, if maybe they get back around to him and see how his approach to the game and see how things change. Kirk kind of talked about, yo, I learned from Santana Moss on getting these like massages or the chiropractory appointments and that kind of thing to kind of prolong my career. He understood that he was a guy kind of towards that second twilight who needed to do a little bit more to get ready on Sundays. Mahomes is still young. Obviously, he dealt with the the ankle injury, and that was kind of a free type thing. And yes, he does work with Bobby throughout the week to make sure that he doesn't uh, sustain a lot of those nicks and knacks and bruises. Um, but I would love to see Mahomes at a different point in his career, maybe show us behind the curtain a little bit more on how he prepares. Because right now it just seems like he does a lot at the facility. He maybe does some independent study at home and then he's ready to roll. And, and he's kind of talked in the past about um, having to do some work and some catch up on learning how to read defenses and, and still trying to get his footing in that way. It's crazy. This dude's only played the quarterback position since his junior year of high school. Like that's something that <laughs> that's one of those stats where it's just like, I mean, dudes now are specializing at the quarterback position from like middle school. Like Mahomes picked up the football and played varsity as a junior and has now got two Lombardis. Like, I think it would be cool to get him in at some point later in the series. Good stuff there. If you haven't checked it out yet, a quarterback is available and now streaming on Netflix. Let's number talk DeAndre. Right now, still number it's, one. Yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. NFL Films shot it. We talked with the director here at KSHB 41. He gave us some really good insight if you want some more there. Check that out as well. Let's talk DeAndre Hopkins. This is Mark Gunnels' favorite guy to talk about. I don't, I don't know. What do you tweet about anymore now that now that you can't tweet about D-Hop to Kansas City? Well, training camp is here now, so I got, a lot, I got a lot more material to go over at this point in the season. You know, during that <laughs> period, it was dry. There was nothing to talk about. So I had to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. But now we got some practice stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, lead me into this D-Hop stuff. I know you love this topic. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins didn't land in Kansas City, which if you listen to me on Chiefs Coast to Coast, you would have known months ago. But here we are. It's officially official. Veteran wideout DeAndre Hopkins is signing with the Tennessee Titans. And here are the details. Two years, $26 million worth up to $32 million in incentives. The base in year one is $12 million with a chance to get to 15 that's according to ian rapaport and jeremy fowler says the chiefs including andy reed which i think is an important tidbit there because not many people turn down big red when he's involved in the recruiting kept in contract with d hop in free agency but with chris jones extension still not done and minimal cap space kansas city didn't have a contract offer to compete so really a one-year deal a one-year deal with around 12 million dollars way too rich for kansas city's blood which we've talked about for a while does it surprise you that he ended up in Tennessee after talking so long about wanting to land with a contender? So here we go with this. And you know this as well. For a while, I was out on the D-hop train. Like, I gave up for weeks until recently. Until, like, literally a week or two. Until two emojis came up on your Instagram and then you were back in. No, not even that. <laughs> the fact that he visited Tennessee 
He visited New England. That was, what, a month ago at this point? It was a while ago. Still didn't sign anywhere. Obviously, there were offer sheets available. So I'm thinking, logically, if he's going to go to one of these teams, why hasn't he signed yet? So he's clearly waiting on something. So I, I truly believe that he was waiting on a Chris Jones extension to see if the Chiefs would up their price. But we know Brett Veach, when he has a number, he's pretty firm on that number. And I, I truly think that he would have came to Kansas City if they were willing to up the price. But like I said, that's not Veach's style, especially for a guy that's 31 years old, has some injuries over the last couple of years, had this suspension as well. But to act like those emojis in that conversation didn't mean anything, it's just disingenuous. Obviously, it meant something, whether it was to up the price for Tennessee to be like, oh, no, we can't let you go to Kansas City. You're flirting with Chris Jones now. Like, there was something to that, whether it was that or he really had intentions on coming here and was hoping for a Chris Jones extension to get done in time. And he actually tweeted out, and he deleted it now. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I don't know what the what was word for word, but just paraphrasing here, he said, don't be mad at me. Be mad at your management. I don't know if you saw that. And to me, that felt like a shot at Brett Veach. Like, oh, my gosh. How? <laughs> who else is he talking about? New England, maybe? I mean, okay. Maybe it could be for both. Maybe it's for both. Because a lot of Chiefs fans and Patriots fans were in his mentions talking about, you said you want to come to a contender, even though the Patriots aren't a contender. So I don't know why Patriots fans were saying that. But I could see Chiefs fans obviously saying that because they just won the Super Bowl. You're talking about how you wanted a great quarterback, a defense that can win a Super Bowl, and things of that nature, right? A quarterback that loves the game. And then you end up going to Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, hey, got your money. Congratulations, D-Hop. Uh, we'll and hope you enjoy your 9-8 and eight season at best. Ah, here we are. We got to have a sound. You know how we have like a Vegas, Mark and Vegas sound and like Chiefs. We got to have like an Aaron was right. Where, you know, we got to have something where it's like, you know, yellow light lad finally gets his coronation. You know, like, give me, like, come on. I was on this from the very beginning. The money didn't make sense. And the fit doesn't make sense. There is no room in the end as far as Kansas City's wide receiver room is concerned. You drafted a wide receiver in the second round the last two years. So bringing in a veteran wideout does nothing but stunt their growth and development. You're the 32nd team as far as cap space is concerned. I'm sure maybe there was flirting. I'm sure Brett Veach did his due diligence. And I think the key word in this Jeremy Fowler report is a competitive offer. It wasn't that Kansas City didn't make an offer or Kansas City wasn't interested. Is that the offer wasn't competitive enough for what DeAndre Hopkins was looking for. It was $19 million in Arizona. He was going to try and get somewhere in that neighborhood. He wasn't going from $19 million to two. He was going from $19 million to something in the teens, something in the high tens. He lands in Tennessee, which they need wide receiver help. Um, he'll, be, he'll be a factor there. He'll be an alpha there. He'll be a guy that factors in there winning. And um, uh, to, to put my surprise meter on this one as far as him not landing in Kansas City, it's below a zero. I wish I could go below a zero. So those emojis didn't move you at all, huh? I just didn't think it was the I didn't think it was the right move for KC. Not after drafting a wideout. I mean, maybe if they made that move 
four months ago. <laughs> like this could be a different podcast, but after the draft, there was no need to bring in DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion. But, but couldn't I, could I make the argument that we know rookie wide receivers never do much in the Andy Reid system anyway? So you sign to a one-year deal because you're not expecting Rasheed Rice to even produce regardless because we saw with Sky Moore last year, he only had like 20 catches. So could not make that argument, just a one-year deal, then year two, Rasheed Rice would be ready to go? What I would say in return to that, and I hope it's your internet breaking up and not my internet. I, I desperately hope Serta says that it's you and not me. But my response to that would be basically that, sure, he didn't uh, – we're talking about Sky Moore. Sure, Sky Moore didn't produce, and those numbers didn't show up on the stat sheet. But that in, that experience that he got playing in that first year, the ups and downs, the roller coaster, the back and forth, that's invaluable. You can't put a – it's priceless, as the old MasterCard ads would say. Serta says it's my internet. It's you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at I'm at KSHB 41. I it can't blame my Google Fiber on this. This is this is purely a KSHB 41 experience. Let's get to the next one. Let's 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 just talk quickly about this before we get into training camp, and maybe I'll rejiggle my Wi-Fi here or something like that. Um, the Chiefs on the links one more time. It was the American Century Championship out in Lake Tahoe. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey seem to be, I mean, they're stalwarts at this event now. We've seen them on the links more times than we've seen them anywhere else this offseason. Uh, one final goodbye, I guess, for them in the offseason. What do you make of the Chiefs offseason, if you will? Because they got a full victory lap. You know, this wasn't like the last time around where, where COVID kind of cut it short. Uh, they got a full victory lap this time around. Are you worried about a Super Bowl hangover and, the, and them being a little too busy or, or you, you don't care? Off season's over. Have your fun and move on. Yeah, I don't care. Have your fun. Like you said, they didn't get the habit the first time in 2020. COVID happened right after they won the Super Bowl championship in Miami that year. So this year they're having the full fledged celebration. You know, they're at the golf tournaments. They're going against Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Just out there again, Steph won this event. They were just there last week. You know, Travis Kelsey hosted Sunday, Saturday Night Live, right? The NFL, did, draft, yep. NFL draft in Kansas City. So it's been a, a big old celebration. Oh, I didn't even mention the ESPYs. How could I forget that? They had the ESPYs. Travis Kelsey, the White House. I mean, I keep forgetting stuff and keep adding on to it. Forgot about the White House visit this year. So, you know, they've been all over the place. If you're not a Chiefs fan, you have to be annoyed by how much Mahomes and Kelsey has been in your face all offseason. So I imagine the teams and players, <laughs> other guys are obviously annoyed as well, and they want to make sure that they don't have to endure this again next offseason. So you're going to have a target on your back. But training camp is here now. We know Andy Reid is known for having some of the most rigorous training camps that there are. So I think they'll be fine. They'll get it back in shape if they're not ready right now. And they'll be ready to go come September 7th against the Detroit Lions. We're talking Chiefs training camp on the other side of this ad break while I mess with my Wi-Fi. Stick with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's jump into the, the, the Chiefs preview of training camp. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. This training camp for everybody. Coaches, players, wireless internet connection. Everybody's involved here. Chiefs preview. Training camp. Uh, rookies and quarterbacks are on the field now out in St. Joe, campus of Missouri Western. Full veteran report day on Friday with the first practice on Sunday. Uh, let's start with the update on Chris Jones, who has not been pictured yet, but wouldn't be pictured yet. He's not a rookie or a quarterback. He would start losing money if he doesn't show up, I believe, Friday. I believe Friday. Um, this is what Andy Reid had to say about Chris Jones when he arrived on Report Day Tuesday. Oh, that I'll, I'll have to just see how that that goes. I mean, there's communication going on. That's that's the important part, and then we just have to see. Yeah. Not much there, but has your worry or your panic meter really changed as far as getting this deal done, or Chris Jones showing up uh, in time to report for for training camp? It's maybe went up a point since last time you asked me this. I think I was at a one last time. So I'm about at a two. Very, very low at this point. Um, I think it's going to get done. I mean, obviously, the communication has been going on. Andy Reid alluded to that. Uh, Brett Veach, when they had the ring ceremony a couple weeks ago, he mentioned that the communication is still there. Chris Jones is still posting on social media as if he's part of the team still. Haven't seen anything that makes me feel like the SB too. It was he was he was up on stage yeah. with the guys. Yeah, yeah, that was a good sign. You know, he wasn't sick for the SBs, so uh, that was great. Um, yeah, so I I really don't have much concern. I, I do wish it gets done by Friday. I would like to have him there for day one. It's not a, a huge deal that if he's not, but like I mentioned before, with the young D line. You know, you don't have Frank Clark anymore. You don't have Carlos Dunlap there right now. It would be nice to have that veteran presence there just to kind of coach these young guys up. I think the one thing that we were really waiting on as far as Chris Jones was Quentin Williams's deal to come to fruition. And since our last recording, that has happened between him and the New York Jets as far as helping shape what could be the framework or the the details behind what Chris Jones's deal would be as far as being in the similar market. I see four years, 96 million for Quentin Williams with a 24 and a half signing bonus. Um, I, I Matt Derrick put out some more numbers as far as what it could do at impact. Chris Jones puts him in that 22, 20 range AAV average annual value for him in his negotiations with Brett Veach. And that sounds about right. I mean, I saw you tweet this week. He's better than Aaron Donald right now. So when you're talking about the best interior defensive lineman in the national football league, 
uh, I don't think I, I think most Chiefs fans would agree that 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 sounds about right in that 20 to 20 ish uh, range for him. If, if you're asking for my panic meter, I think yours was at two. I'll move mine up to a three or four. I mean, it, it's taken a little bit longer than I thought. And like I said on previous podcasts, I think Chris and his agents are playing the game well. He's not at the ring ceremony, but he's at barbecue fest. Uh, he's at the SBs. He's, you know, he's not at mini camp, but he's here. Now, it really would make no sense for him to not show up to Cami. At, at that point, you're just taxing your own paycheck, but. Could I see cooler heads prevailing at the end of this and them saying, yo, don't worry about that or we'll build something in for that? Of course. I mean, this guy is a franchise cornerstone and I don't think he's going anywhere. And the fact that we're recording this on a Wednesday and they're not supposed to report until Friday, I could see a scenario where our podcast just gets ruined and the deal happens The deal happens tomorrow <laughs> or Friday, early Friday. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Let's move on to some injury updates. Remember, it's not all players at camp right now. As of this recording, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, July 19th. And we got two updates on potential starters for Kansas City. I'll start with Felix and Udike Uzama, the rookie out of Kansas State, who was held out of most of minicamp and the rookie activities this summer due to the thumb and the surgery that he recovered from. He told reporters today that it was a surprise surgery to him as well. He heard it on the last play of the Big 12 championship, didn't know it required surgery until after his pro day, and that kind of messed with the timeline over the summer. Uh, He says he feels 100% and has no limitations as of this recording, so that's good news. Uh, On the other hand, second-year running back Isaiah Pacheco was spotted in a non-contact jersey today. One of those those yellow pennies means do not hit and was listed as limited. I got some reports here from the head honcho, Pete Sweeney, who is not really worried about him being ready for the regular season. He says, based on Wednesday's practice, look, I don't see how Isaiah Pacheco hand and labrum surgeries is in danger of missing any regular season time at all. The Chiefs will ease him in, but he should be good to go for week one, in my opinion. Look, this is work for Clyde. This is an opportunity for Clyde. Yes, Pacheco will get work, and yes, Pacheco will be ready for week one, but he won't be ready for the week week one in the same way that he was last year. This is an opportunity for Clyde to dominate the offseason, dominate the preseason, dominate training camp, and maybe steal a couple of those early season carries away. I'm not taking about I'm not talking about taking a grown man's job, just taking a little bit more and earning your way back into the favor. You're right, but I'm also, I'm gonna go a little bit further and talk about what about Prince. Right. The, the camp darling. Everybody's really looking forward to seeing how Prince performs out there. Are they going to keep four running backs? I think they will. For some of the reasons you mentioned, obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he's not as ready as he was at this point last year, you know, with the hand, even though he will be ready week one. Jared McKinnon's a year older. We know they're going to slow play him, make sure he's healthy for the playoffs, for the stretch run at the end of the season. And then Clyde Edwards Elaire. Last year, most likely as a Kansas City Chief, this could be an opportunity for Prince to sneak in there and steal a couple of carries as well. I'm really looking forward to see how he does in training camp and especially in the preseason because he could be a diamond in the rough. You know, similar to Pacheco, his seventh round pick, you know, Prince coming out of nowhere. Now you're seeing some potential upside there in a thin, not thin running back room, but a running back room that has opportunity for growth, that for some promotion, if you would. So 
I am have a I have a big strong eye, just like a lot of the Chiefs Kingdom does on seeing how Prince does uh, over the next few weeks. Absolutely, some carries for the taking as we get training camp started up in St. Joe. Everybody wants to fast forward to playing in Vegas for another Super Bowl and defending that Lombardi Trophy, but it starts the hard work and the consistency and the foundation starts right now in training camp. On the first day, report day for rookies and quarterbacks, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes asked about undertaking the challenge of successfully defending their Super Bowl title, and this is what they had to say. You've got to maintain your edge all the way through uh, the season, and you don't take anything for granted. And so the guys that have been through that experience know that. And, and um, you know, then, then you've got to have the ball flip the right way for you. You know, it's uh, that the, there's so much parity in this league that there's nothing that's granted to you. It, it, you've got to earn it, and then there's got to be certain things that just happen for you uh, in the right direction. And then you'd have a chance to do something like that. But you, you've... To do that, you've got to go this one-day-at-a-time approach, and and you've got to be intense through those days that you're given an opportunity to get better with. I'm always confident that we have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, um, but I understand that's a process. I understand it's not easy. Um, and so uh, I'm going to continue to try to build myself and then help our team get better and better and for those guys to stay motivated. And uh, I think we have a lot of motivated guys. Um, that, that I think you've from seeing from some of the quotes from everybody that we want to continue to build this thing. Uh, we want to we don't have a special group that kind of can carry out a legacy. Um, and uh, I think we have the right guys, and now let's just go out there and do it. A lot of new faces around Mahomes, especially on that offensive line, two new tackles, but the same goal and the same expectations, I will say for Kansas City before tossing it to you, Mark. Last year, the Chiefs 7-3 and three in one-score games and 6-2 and two in games decided by a field goal or less. Andy Reid talked about it there, man. Sometimes you got to be good, and sometimes you just got to get lucky. So are you telling me that Patrick Mahomes hasn't already booked his Airbnb for Las Vegas? He <laughs> <laughs> can stay at Mariota's place out there. He'll be all right. <laughs> I guess it's a little too early for that. He did it in November last year, so we got to wait a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're Super Bowl champions, you're going to have that target on your back. But I would argue the Chiefs have had the target on the back ever since they won that first Super Bowl. Even though they weren't defending the Super Bowl last year, every time you play the Chiefs, it's still a game that teams get up for. You know, you want to beat Patrick Mahomes. You want to beat Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. It's one of those games, and most times that game is a primetime game, right? Like they're in primetime more than anybody else. So it's going to be under the lights half the time on Monday night football, Thursday or Sunday. So I, I think they've already have experienced that. I don't think that's going to be anything new as far as having that target on their back, I think the only thing is can they continue to have that, that edge and that motivation because teams are even going to try more trick stuff. Like they're going to go for it more on fourth downs. They're going to push the envelope more and be more aggressive, do onside kicks and things like that. You know, while the chiefs, they have their own game plan. They're not going to go outside of it. And, and, you know, there's always this narrative that Andy Reid kind of holds plays back into the playoffs, teams are holding place back against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is something that they have to be prepared for week in and week out. I wanted to talk camp battles to watch entering 2023, but really I think everybody just wants to know about the wide receiver room. We got a bunch of questions here in the chat. So let's just focus specifically about the wide receiver room. You, you love even are- the wide receivers. You love it. 
I think it's the most interesting unit on Kansas City's team entering this season. Uh, it's not a bold prediction. You already issued who you think is making the team. But for those who missed that tweet, I'll, I'll toss it up to you one again. And this came from CS off YouTube. Should we have six wide receivers on the 53 or seven with adding Justin Ross? Are we better off without D-Hop? A couple questions there, but all around this wide receiver room, which is gaining a lot of attention entering 2023. Yeah, so I think seven is is way too much, especially considering I think you're going to have four tight ends. And we know Andy Reid likes to keep as many offensive linemen as possible for depth purposes. So having seven receivers just doesn't seem like that's in the cards. I do think it will be six. And as you alluded to, I did make a tweet a couple of days ago. I think if there's a pretty clear favorites for the six spots right now, it doesn't mean it's set in stone, but I think those six right now, you're looking at it as of today, I think it has to be Kadarius Tony, MVS, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Richie James, and Justin Watson. Um, now, people may raise their eyebrows when I say Richie James, but you got to look at it. When you have a wide receiver six or five, that guy has to have some value on special teams. And Richie James has experience doing uh, punt returns in New York when he played for the Giants. And he was was a pretty solid uh, receiver as well. He had, like, I think five or 600 yards one season. So he is a guy that does have some type of experience there as well as a receiver. That's why I think it's going to be hard. I know the hype train is there for, like, a Justin Ross. But he doesn't bring any value when it comes to special teams. And if you're a wide receiver six, wide receiver five, you have to have some value there on special teams like Justin Watson. He he did some punt returns last year. He fair caught the ball, but hey, he didn't fumble it, right? So he brought some value there as well. And he's probably going to be your wide receiver five because they did sign him to a two-year deal this offseason. So I think he's part of the plans. And we did see Bobby, Patrick Mahomes' trainer, he did make a tweet about Richie James a couple of days ago. I think that means something. <laughs> I think that, it has to mean something, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to mean anything. So you don't think him tweeting that means – you don't think Patrick Mahomes is, is backing Richie James to be on this roster? Your theory is that Bobby tweets whatever Mahomes can't tweet, but I think there's a couple of holes in that theory. I don't know. I think Bobby has a lot of fan whenever he tweets, naturally. I mean, he – he he's a big supporter of Mahomes and everything Chiefs. He's at the games. Like I've seen him tweet a couple of things where it's like, I know that's not accurate. So I, I well, can't but, take everything but, as long. But I'm not I'm not just basing my six off of that tweet. I do like I mentioned before, Richie James does bring value on special. Of teams. course. But you're taking Richie, sense. you're taking Richie James over uh, let's say a John Ross. How about the how about the other Ross? Because there's two Rosses here. Yeah, I think I am taking Richie James over John Ross. I think I am right now. Where Let's are you at? Hear, you know, once I get up to St. Joe, unfortunately, I'll be out there on Thursday and Friday. And I want to see the whole team, you know, like I want to see them play. Like right now, we're still making assumptions based off of pretty much nothing, paper and expectations. Once we see how players grasp the material, once we see how they fit into the offense. And most importantly, once we see if Patrick Mahomes trusts them or not. I think I'll have a better idea. Ask me after the first preseason game. I thought it was something very interesting we got from Rasheed Rice today, Wednesday, July 19th, after camp. He had a very rocky day, first time on the on the training camp field, and puked a couple times and was exhausted, but still talked to reporters after. And he described the Chiefs wide receiver unit in a very unique way. Check this out. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, as of, as expected, coach, you know, they always tell us to come, be in shape. Our wide receivers, this is like a track team as far as, you know, our wide receiver group. So we come knowing that we got to be expected to run as long as to the, you know, to the game is over, to practice is over. It's like a track team. Andy Reid likes fast guys, guys who can practice as fast as they play. And Rasheed Rice got a rude awakening to that here on Wednesday. But I agree with you. I think he's going to be a part of that six that eventually makes the cut for KC. Well, he better. He's a second round pick. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious there, Aaron. <laughs> that was such a hot take there. Yellow uh, light. <laughs> I think the question is, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. Okay, so we agree that the top four is for sure locks. We know that. We know the top four is Sky, NBS, Rasheed Rice, and Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I'm of the thinking that there's a lock at five. I think Justin Watson is a lock too. I'm I would agree. Sure you agree on that. Okay. Okay. So we, we think it comes down to between John Ross, Justin Ross, and Richie James for that sixth spot. Correct. And if I had to rank those right now, I would put John Ross as the favorite at six. I think that he does a lot of things that they like to do in this offense. Get in space, jitterbug type ability, kind of the, some of the same things that you see from Kadarius Tony. I don't think that, and like I said earlier, in, a, in just a few seconds ago, I think a lot of this is based off of paper and a lot of it is based off of fit and us trying to put the tea leaves together. It could be something completely different when the scheme starts getting plugged in and the bullets start flying up in St. Joe. But I think Ross on paper, and as kind of what we saw in minicamp too, I think he fits in round peg, round hole, and what the Chiefs like to do offensively. That's fair. That's fair. It's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait till you get out there in St. Joe with your camera, your mic, out there when the humidity. I hope you don't puke, though. I don't think, I don't think you're going to puke. I think you're a seasoned vet at this point, so I don't think we have to worry about Aaron Ladd puking. Uh, <laughs> my first training camp, I might have had some struggles with the heat, but now I got the I got the Deacon towel that drapes over. You know, yeah, I got to change the clothes in the car. You know, like yeah. I, I, know, I know the routine. I know the routine by now. <laughs> Having some fun here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode fifty. More what year is this for you? LA. At camp year four, three. three? Well, because. My first year, 2020, they didn't have camp in St. Joe, I don't think. I thought they just did it at the facilities, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think this might be my fourth camp of my third year going to St. Joe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, man, come on now. Once you cover the Super Bowl, I mean, training camp, that's that's nothing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you care about the batting ratings or you want to save that? Yeah, we can talk about it. Why not? I don't think we have Mahomes and a lot of the high. I mean, I'm pretty sure where we know he's going to be, but some interesting numbers here coming out of the Madden Rays. They're using the whole week to unveil the numbers, which is just like, come on, just just get it over with. But Chris Jones, 96, which we know. I thought uh, Drew Tranquil at 76 was another one I thought was interesting. The highest rated wide receiver on the team, since we love to talk about the wide receiver room, is none other than Joka himself, Kadarius Tony, who is ranked 81 overall. Marquez Valdez-Cantling is 78. And Justin Reed leaves all safeties on the team with 81. Some other guys in between. FAU, his first Madden ranking is 71. Mike Dana, 74. 
Uh, your boy, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, both at 73, Richie James, 76. And we'll get some more as the week unveils. I expect Matt, I expect Mahomes to be in the, the mid-90s, I mean, 95 and above. Kelsey kind of in the low 90s. Mid-90s? Um, He'd be a 99. <laughs> he should be a 99, but I, I I don't know. You know, I don't I don't play Madden. Spoiler alert. I don't really know how the Madden ratings work. I remember he was 99 forever, and then I had a couple bad games, and they kind of tweak him in season. Mahomes will be a 99 at some point, right? Like, he, he inevitably, he's going to be a 99. Yeah, um, I guess the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that, and I tweeted this, is the fact that Aaron Donald is still a 99. And they're supposed to do rankings based on the previous season. But I get, like, you can't go too extreme into that because if you did, then Aaron Donald would be, like, in the 70s because he didn't he only have five sacks last year. So there has to be some type of balance in, you know, reputation and then what you did last year. But to have him at a 99, like – to me, at a 99, you have to be playing at the elite level, like, the entire season. Like, you can't just have a year off and be like, well, you're still Aaron Donald. You're 99. So, and I mentioned, I think Chris Jones right now is better than Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's 32 years old. He's only getting older. Chris Jones is 29. He's at his physical peak right now. I expect to see Aaron Donald slowly decline while Chris Jones is still rising up. That is why I say that. Obviously, career-wise, is Aaron Donald's not even close. But I think right now it should be Chris Jones. And Creed Humphrey, I thought he was pretty low. A 90 is pretty low for me. I think he should be in the mid-90s. I think he's the either the second or best center in the league. So I don't know. But they kind of undervalue centers. I think Jason Kelsey's only like a 92, I think, or something like that. So I guess they don't really grade centers and give them that much love for some reason. More rankings to come throughout the week. For now, though, we are headed to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elise Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. It's been a while, man. You know, you brought me here. I wasn't going to make a play until you asked in the group chat. You was like, anything in Vegas? You know, I said, you know what? Let me, let, me look at, let me look at the odds. Let me see what I can draw up. Well, I'm like, we're getting ready for football. You know, people starting to get that itch. Maybe uh, chasing some some coin they lost in, in baseball this summer or somewhere else. Women's World Cup coming up as well. So, I don't know. Win some people some money looking ahead to the Chiefs regular season, Mark Gummels. Yeah, so I got a future play here, and I like the odds. I have the Chiefs having a passing touchdown, at least one passing touchdown in every single game this year for plus 300. It happened last year. Mahomes threw a touchdown at least once every single game, and he's done it twice in the last three seasons. And the season he didn't do it, he missed one game. He had one game he didn't throw a touchdown. So I like the odds here. Mahomes, we know, throws the ball around a lot. He spreads it around. The Chiefs are going to score. So I think this is a really safe play, considering the odds at plus 300. Throw you a little 100 down if you got extra change and win $300 back in January. So I think this is a good play. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this one. You call me yellow light lad. This is the most yellow light bet you have offered up to this point on our platform. The Chiefs to have one passing touchdown in every game? Like, duh. What kind of odds are these? Duh. But they, they gave it to me at plus 300. How can I Where's, not take it? What, what sports book is this? 
This is FanDuel. Reputable yeah. outlet. Reputable outlet. I like it. And and as you mentioned, even if I think the one worry here is like, oh, Mahomes isn't able to go or like the ankle injury from last year. For some, I know that happened in the postseason, but if the, if the fear is that even if Mahomes can't go, I still have faith in, in, in Blaine Gabbert coming in. First year, came from Tampa Bay, was under Tom Brady there, comes in and plays with Mahomes here, has comfortability in the system. He has that Chad Henney-like feel as far as a backup is concerned. And remember when Chad stepped in, yes, I know that those were postseason games, he still had success in one of the most like tight points of the entire year. I like this play a lot, and it, it feels very safe. I, I might actually throw 100 on this. It sounds like you're going to, uh, yeah, you're going to put throw a little change on there. <laughs> Let me drive over to the Kansas side real quick, make sure I get taken care of <laughs> before, yeah. before the season starts. Appreciate you, Mark. Chime in on Vegas. Make sure y'all write that down. Let's scroll through the chat really quick before we get out of here. Chiefs coast to coast. Episode 50 is almost over. I don't know if you touched on this. Are, are we better off without D-Hop ass CS on YouTube? Better off? I think that would be crazy to say. I think D-Hop is still a top 10 receiver in the league. So I'm not going to say you're better off without that type well, of you know what the qu- You know what the question is, right? Like, you have to consider what it would have taken to get D-Hop as well, Mark. Like, you can't just well, say, are you better off without that? Well, you got to consider what it would take to get him. Well, I'm assuming you freed up money and you 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 extended Chris Jones under that scenario to get D-Hop. Because obviously you're not going to get him for $2 that the Chiefs have right now. So, yeah. I mean, it would, just, it would just been a one Well, that's the thing, though. Would he have signed here on a one-year deal? Because he signed with Tennessee on a two-year deal. Now, if you're, getting, you're talking about a two-year deal, then I may have been out on it. One-year deal, I was all in. What do you think about these numbers from Nathaniel Bryan? Sky Moore, 650-plus receiving yards, six touchdowns, and 105 rushing yards plus a touchdown on the ground. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think the rushing yards is very, very advantageous there. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like the over on the passing yards, though. I, I do think on the receiving yards, I do think Sky Moore does get seven to 800 yards this year. I really do. I think he's going to be – I think there's a scenario where he's ends up being wide receiver one this year. I'm going to say it right now. Because I don't know I think, if that's a bold prediction. I actually kind of like that as well. Oh, really? Because a lot of people would just assume it's Kadarius Tony. So I thought it was kind of a, a hot take, but I guess not. But I, I think with Kadarius Tony, you want to be very careful in how you use him. I think he's going to be used through a lot of those gadgety type things. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's a chain mover uh, over the middle type of guy. I think Sky Moore kind of fills in that juju role, if you would. Obviously, I know he's not the similar body type, but as far as moving the chains, we saw that in that Chargers game, the second one in L.A., where they didn't have no receivers there. He had like five catches for 80 yards. He was a guy that was there on third downs to make move the chains that Patrick Mahomes shows some trust in at times. So I do think this year you see a major leap for Sky Moore. I think he has like eight and 900 yards this year. I really do. I want to mark that. Clip, sorry to clip that. 900 yards for Sky Moore. I'm, I'm hammering the under on that. I said eight, 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 eight to 900. <laughs> you said 900. Let's try and walk it back now. You see how you know? I said eight to 900. <laughs> Eight to nine hundred. I think his floor. I think the floor is like six fifty. I think he gets that easily. It'll certainly be something we monitor here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're updating you all on our. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Chiefs to keep Chiefs Coast to Coast will be back weekly. 
starting August 30th. That means we will have an August 30th episode and we will have a September 6th episode. And then the Chiefs will open the NFL season from Arrowhead Stadium on September 7th. Did I say August 30th, September 6th? September 7th is the home opener. We will get you ready for that here on Arrowhead Pride. I'll be at training camp tomorrow while Mark is just kicked up and laid back in L.A. It's just not fair, man. It's just not fair. I think I might go to the beach or something tomorrow. <laughs> I want to do I want to do something, but I'm not going to do it on camera. That's self-restraint right there for Mark, Serta, and Lad. We'll see y'all next time.